This is the Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul. Some great life hacks and my favourite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms, but do subscribe to the Mark Dolan YouTube channel where you can see the show every week. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show, which is all about self-improvement. Um, we've got some top tips for mind, body and soul and some excellent products and also some life hacks. Uh, let's talk about the double puffer. Very excited about this. A few years ago, it was a very cold winter. And so I purchased online a puffer jacket, which was on sale. It was half price happy days. It was a down puffer jacket. Now you can have polyester puffer jackets. They are underrated. Um, polyester, although artificial and basically plastic and not great for the environment, does have good insulating properties. It does trap warm air and therefore it doesn't have to be down. But what you get with down is breathability. You know, obviously down comes from duck or goose feathers, for example. It's designed for those animals to keep them warm in the winter and not too hot in the summer. And, you know, the, the, the ducks, they get wet and they dry off. And that's the point about down. It's just basically all season. And a down jacket can be wet, but still insulate you. So anyway, it's a, it's a lovely thing. I do enjoy a puffer jacket. I love that warm glow when you put one on. So I'd purchased one online. They're not cheap, are they? But I'd got one half price. I thought that's a no brainer. And I got it in medium. Well, it arrived and it was slightly too small. So I thought, OK, what I'll do is I'll I'll order the large. And if that's not right, I'll send both of them back at the same time because you've obviously got four weeks to give back the original. So I keep the other one. I don't wear it. And I go and get the large. The large arrives and it's perfect. It's perfect size, perfect fit. Happy days. Um, it was just then, you know, a day or two after that, it was a very, very cold day. And I, I had to kind of go outside for a few minutes. It was like really, really Arctic. So I grabbed the first puffer jacket I could find, which is the one I was going to give back, which was the medium sized one, which was a bit too small. I put that on and then I, I saw the other one, the large. I thought I'll put that on as well. I, I don't know why I just it was a, uh, a brainwave. But I just thought two jackets is better than one. So I threw on the smaller one. Then I put on the bigger one, zipped up, went outside. I cannot tell you how good I felt. I was just coddled in this warm bubble of air. It was. And what's lovely about a down jacket, they're very light. So they're warm and thick, but light, feather light, quite literally. Anyway, so the two jackets have gone on. Oh, I spent the rest of the day with this double puffer solution. I couldn't give it up. I couldn't take it off. because I tried to take one layer off because I'm thinking I've got to give this other one back, but it didn't feel right. I felt naked with just one puffer jacket. So given the fact that both of these jackets were a bargain and they were on sale, I decided not to return the smaller one. And I now have a two jacket solution for the winter. It's changed my life. Uh, what's lovely about double puffer is that you don't have to wear so much underneath anymore because, you know, the winter jumpers and stuff can be very obstructive, can't they? Don't you think you wear a chunky jumper or you've got cardigans or you've got, you know, layer after layer. It's restrictive. Also, just a bit sweat. 
uh, sweaty and, and you can't move around so much. So um, what you can actually do, you could you could virtually wear a T-shirt and then the double puffer solution and go to Antarctica. So let me recommend the double puffer uh, solution and the thing is it doesn't have to be the same jacket that's the thing so most people have probably got a couple of puffer jackets in their wardrobe just try wearing them at the same time and you will absolutely love it uh, so for example like if you haven't got both of the regular puffers that i talked about in that anecdote but what i do have is i've got a sleeveless puffer jacket here from uniglo which is an excellent japanese retailer so you've got the uh, you've got a, a sleeveless puffer jacket, and then on top goes the regular puffer jacket, and I'm in a double puffer solution, and it just feels so good. Uh, let me know how you get on, and um, I believe that this is a hack that will change the world. I'm having a bit of trouble with zips. It's funny, isn't it? Um, we're in the 21st century and they haven't quite cracked zip technology, have they? There you go. I'm in a double puffer and it feels good. So try that at home. Let me know how you get on, um, especially because at the moment it is the winter. We have a cost of living crisis. We have very high energy bills and I have tried to spend the winter not having the heater on. And my solution has been the double puffer indoors so i've been going around the house just uh, with the two coats on feeling good not missing the central heating and whisper it i sometimes sleep in the double puffer solution you'll never have a better night's sleep can i offer you by the way an upgrade because what's lovely about our life hacks is that you can then take those away and you can do stuff with those hacks and make them your own um, i have a little topper a little upgrade to the double puffer and it's the double duvet you are welcome. Now, what is the double duvet? Uh, for the brighter among you, you'll be ahead of me on this one. In the winter, again, save money on heating. Have two duvets, which are one on top of each other inside the duvet cover. OK, again, it could be a polyester. It could be a down. Now, down duvets are horrifically expensive. So I have a budget solution, which is that I, I did. I had a down duvet, right, which is good quality, but not really warm enough in the winter. So I ran out and bought a cheap polyester double duvet, which cost me something like 15 or 20 pounds, which I think is good value because it will never die. And I put that on top of the down duvet and it goes into the duvet cover so it's a double double duvet now i've thought carefully i'm not a scientist but i've thought carefully about the order and i think you need the down layer first and then the polyester on top because as i mentioned at the beginning down is quite breathable and i think you want the breathability layer to be closest to your body and your skin and then i think you have this kind of plastic shield of the polyester above that um, if you've got time on your hands when you put the two duvets together, you could do the most perfunctory stitching on each corner just to hold it all together so it doesn't unravel inside the duvet. So I've done that with mine, just a needle and thread and just a couple of loops because you want to be able to like break it open and separate them when you wash them or something. But just as a quick fix, a couple of loops with a needle and thread, sew them together. And I mean, if you had the budget, you would you would have you put buttons in so you could button them together. But and also if you've got the time, who's got the time, who's got the money for that? 
So try the needle and thread uh, or even, I don't know, Velcro or something. There are lots of different solutions, but you can attach them together. They ought to stay together inside the duvet cover. But if they don't do try that, but there you go. Double duvet. You are welcome. Uh, nail biting. I have been a nail biter all my life. Well, I say all my life, not really at six months old, but from about the age of seven or eight. My brother, who is a heroic figure, um, was a bit of a nail biter. And I think I was quite in awe of him. Well, I was in awe of him. And I remember watching him thinking he's so cool and he bites his nails. So I kind of started biting my nails. Now, it could just be that I was a nail biter as well. It could be that I'm conflating. But I do know he was a bit of a nail biter. I picked it up. By the way, nail biting, very enjoyable. This is what they don't tell you. They demonize it, don't they? But biting your nails is a nice experience. It feels good. Uh, if you're a nail biter, you will agree. I can imagine and feel you agreeing with me now. The actual, it's like smokers, right? Smoking is really bad for you, but it's thoroughly enjoyable to smokers. Smokers love smoking. They love it. They love it. They love it. Well, nail biters, they love to nail bite. Um, it's like you've got 10 little friends on your fingers and you just sit there and, you know, the big thing with biting your nails is you wait for them to grow out a bit and then you get a nice good old munch. And um, I mean, I was the the sort of Kurt Cobain of nail biting, I've got to tell you, because I used to bite them till they bled. And also I've been known to shove my toes in my mouth and bite the toenails. I mean, look, this podcast is about honesty. There are no airs and graces here. I'm, you know, I, I hide nothing from you. I, when I was younger and not in a relationship and with my life not where it needed to be, I used to shove my toes in my mouth and chew. I swear to God, I did. Such was my addiction to biting your nails. The lovely thing about the toenails is that um, they're sort of thicker. And, you know, because you can't get at them during the day because you're in shoes and socks, you get a nice bit of growth over a couple of days and you can have a good old nibble. I don't know if you want, I don't know if I can even logistically show you whether I, I want to demonstrate that this was the case. But I'll probably, now that, you know, at my age, I'll probably put my back out. Yeah, do you know something? I've made a discovery, which is I don't think I can do that anymore. Oh, yeah, I can. Mm, oh, you can't see me. You, this is a, this has failed as a project because the camera angle is not right. Um, yeah, I can get the big toe into my mouth still. I think with um, with yoga and a bit more flexibility, I reckon I could get all of them in there. Um, it must be. Do you know what? My body has changed. That must have been something I could do when I was in my 20s. So there you go. But anyway, it's not a good thing to bite your nails uh, because there are so many bacteria underneath the nail. It's disgusting. And um, when I was a kid, I was my nail biting was really bad and I got worms. Do you know about worms? This is terrible, right? Worms are these worms that live in your gut. Uh, I think sort of towards the lower part of the digestive tract, close to the bowel. And it means you get an itchy bum. And the reason you've got an itchy bum is that there are these hundreds of worms just sort of wriggling inside your bum bum. It's horrific. They're white. I think they're called thread worms. Happens to kids quite a lot. Well, because of my nail biting, that is a gift to worms. Because what happens is, I, this is just TMI, but let's do it anyway. Um, you have an itchy bum. And that's the, the, the worms coming to the surface of your bum and laying eggs and stuff like that. And what happens is that if you scratch your bum, the eggs go underneath your nails 
and then you bite your nails, you eat the eggs and the eggs hatch in your gut. And it's like a merry-go-round of worms. It's dreadful. Kids get worms all the time at school and stuff like that. So I, I had that. And I'll never forget, it was a family holiday and we were on a plane and I was ridden with these bloody worms. And how old was I? Seven or eight or nine? And I sat on the loo. I went, I had a very itchy bum and I, I sat on the loo on this plane and I did a big old poo poo. And I looked down and on the poo were just must have been 20 or 30 of these white worms just wriggling on the poo, just shifting around on top of it. Oh my God, it was dreadful. So bad. Although I felt better because I'd got these worms out of my body. Anyway, there was an excellent medication called Pripson and that killed them. You need to take it every two weeks because these worms are so clever. What you do is you take the Pripson, which kills the worms, but then it doesn't kill the eggs. So you then have to take the Pripson again two weeks later when the eggs hatch and then it's gone. I've got to tell you, there are so many ailments that I could live with instead of worms. I think it's the worst. Well, it's not the worst thing, is it? Let's be honest. But it was really dreadful. Anyhow, anywho, so... You know, this is why you don't bite your nails. If you come into contact with someone that's got worms and it goes under your, ugh. Anyway, I had a great solution, a great solution to nail biting. And it was when I started working in broadcasting, I got my first job. I mean, that's very grand, isn't it? Broadcasting, but it's a radio station. And I got my first job. I had a salary for the first time. And I just, is there anything better than your first paycheck? I remember prior to that, I was reliant on my dad who would, you know, give me money here and there bits and bobs and I would go to the cash point and I'd sometimes try to take money out and it said insufficient funds and you get your card spat at you and then occasionally there would be a bit of money in there like my dad's put 50 quid in he's like topped up my account or something and I remember my first job had the paycheck the money goes in to the bank electronically and I remember checking my balance and seeing my first my first paycheck in there and at first I thought, oh, look at all that money. Thanks, Dad. And I thought, no, it wasn't Dad. It was me. It was a very, very happy experience. And there is something really satisfying about working, isn't there? And having your own income. It's For me, it's the novelty will never wear off. I hated being dependent on my parents. And I do. The, the satisfaction of a paycheck, whether it's an envelope with cash or an electronic payment or anything, anything, um, any manifestation. It is a thing of beauty, isn't it? Getting paid. So um, so I got my first paycheck and it felt like amazing freedom. I mean, by the way, it wasn't a lot, but it was a lot more than nothing, which was my income before that. And I did two things. I went out and got a mobile phone contract. And this was just when mobile phones came out and it was an Ericsson phone. And I believe it was a contract with O2. And I just thought, here comes freedom. I've just been paid. I've just purchased a mobile phone. Now, mobile phones have probably been going about five years at that point. It wasn't the briefcase thing anymore. Just this uh, rather chunky phone with a with a sort of fixed antenna. But it was great. And uh, yeah, spectacular. So that's the first thing I did. I bought, I bought a mobile phone on a contract. They weren't that expensive at the time. Maybe the handset was sort of 150, something like that. But what was expensive was the contract, the monthly payment, and then also calls. I think the calls were like 20p a minute or something. So you just wound up texting. But even texts cost money. But there you go. So mobile phone. And then the other thing I did with my first paycheck is I, I was this nail biter and I had this idea. 
which is why don't I go to a nail boutique and ask them to put false nails on so that I don't bite my nails. It was an idea. I don't know where it came from. It wasn't suggested to me. I just I worked at this radio station. It was near a nail boutique. Now, I've got to say that these days, these nail bars are populated by men and women, mainly women. But you still you always see guys in there from time to time. Let me tell you that in 97, 98, around that time, that's when I got my first job. This particular nail boutique, it, it, it was the domain of women. It was women only. That's how it felt. You just all of the nail polishing people. What do you call those? The manicurists. They were all female and all the customers were female. The receptionist was female. It was a total, totally female dominated environment. So it did take a little bit of courage on my part to actually go in and get get um well, even have a conversation. So I went in and I said, hello, I'm a man. You're welcome. I bite my nails really badly. I've had an idea. I wonder if you could put false nails on top and make sure they're really short so I don't look like I've had ridiculous nail extensions. And I don't want you to paint them or anything. I just want to cover my existing nails so they can grow back. And the lady's like, yeah, sure, that won't be a problem. Let's book you in for a full set. So I go in and I had the full set. And what they do excuse me, is that they prepare the nail, file it down a bit. And of course, don't forget, we're, we're dealing with almost no nail here. We're dealing with just, you know, the very basics, you know, right, right below the nail is right below where it should be. And they glued on these plastic nails, essentially. And what they then did is they filed them down so that they were short, so that I didn't look unusual. They were a little thicker than a normal nail, but nothing too noticeable. They were fractionally shinier than a normal nail, but nothing unless you really studied my hands, you wouldn't have known. So on they went. And first few days I tried to bite my nails and I couldn't because you've got this extraordinarily thick piece of plastic glued to the top of them or resin in whatever it is. And after, you know, two or three weeks, I, I'm, I'm not even nibbling anymore because don't forget these plastic false nails are even more dirty and disgusting than your own nails. So just the thought of it, yuck. And I can't remember how long it was, but I think it was something like six or eight weeks. They then removed the nails. What they do is dissolve it. You just sort of, you basically bathe your nails in this solution and then they just tease them off. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life because what was revealed underneath the plastic resin of the nail was a fully grown, healthy nail. This perfect set of 10 nails that I haven't had probably my whole adult life. And there they were. And it was a joyous thing. I had these long nails and I left the shop. And honestly, I broke the habit. I have never been such a bad nail biter since. And I mean, I do. There are days, let's say you have a stressful week or you're feeling a bit, I don't know, just, yeah, you're stressed out, you're burdened by stuff. And it starts, but never as bad as it was. And there's always a chance that I can get back on that horse and grow them out a bit because I've now got the muscle memory of not having bitten them for a few a few weeks. I think that might be true uh, for any kind of compulsive behavior, brackets addiction. Now, of course, addiction can be very, very complicated, especially when a drug is involved. But I do think that even if you're a drinker or it's drugs or, or, or food or shopping, if you can demonstrate to yourself that you can live without it for like a period of time, if you can look, if you're a drinker and you go, well, wait a minute, I did do dry January. So it is physically possible. It's conceivable that I can be alcohol free. Um, that is enough to draw upon as a resource to keep you 
um, help you and encourage you, but, you know, to to, uh, once again, not do this thing, eliminate this thing from your life. So there you go. Uh, That's the nails. Uh, It's very good. It's highly recommended. Um, How are we doing for time? We're doing pretty well. A couple of things I'd recommend for very good sleep. Um, I feel I need these products, so please hold fire. I do love my sleep and I'm always thinking of ways to have better sleep and to hack the sleeping experience. A few obvious ones. Don't have caffeine after 10 or 11 a.m. The reason being that the half-life of caffeine, in other words, the length of time in which it stays in your body, is 12 hours. That's a long time, isn't it? So that means that if you have a coffee at three, it's still in your body at midnight. You don't want that really, do you? Um, There is this myth about people that say, well, look, I can have a coffee and go straight to bed and sleep like a baby. That might be true. You might be asleep, but you're not getting the deep restorative sleep that you need because there's coffee in your system. It will have worked its way out of your system if you only have it in the morning. So I would recommend morning coffee. And if you need the coffee experience, obviously segue to decaf in the afternoon. But make that weak as well, because there's a tiny amount of caffeine in decaf. Uh, there's also a compound in decaf coffee, which is the same as regular coffee, in which you still get an increased heart rate, even from decaf. And it's not ca- caffeine. It's a different compound. Uh, but yeah, I, that's the obvious first thing for sleep. <clears throat> but I've got a couple of other options for you, which I really recommend. Something I learned from my fabulous partner, wife, is earplugs because you will sleep better with earplugs in because everything's quieter. So I recommend earplugs. Give them a go. Um, And I like these uh, sort of very foamy ones, which you can essentially manipulate with your fingers and then shove in. Let me see if I can just demonstrate how I've done that. There you go. In it goes. Don't push them in too hard. I'm not a fan of the waxy ones. I find them hard. They get stuck in there. So just go for some foam earplugs. That's nice. Works brilliantly um, if you've got noisy neighbours or or anything like that or a partner that snores. The other thing that's excellent, I've always been a fan of dark bedrooms. I was at the Edinburgh Festival a few years ago and I stayed in a friend's room. Edinburgh has got some lovely period properties. Um, These are Georgian Georgian townhouses. And uh, my mate, my mate was... uh, in a flat share in one of those properties, high ceilings, lovely big windows in the new town of Edinburgh, which is just gorgeous. And these, these uh, properties are quite grand and you've got like, you know, different reception rooms and there's, they're basically a lot of these Edinburgh flats have got box rooms and it's a room within a room. So you've got, let's say a living room and then there's, it's like a cupboard really, but it's the size of a room. I don't really know what these box rooms were used for, but it's a room with no windows. You, you, you know, if you came out of the room, you'd go into the living room. You've just got a door and walls. And I remember sleeping in that room for a few nights. And let me tell you, it was the best sleep I've ever had in my life. Now, you would think no windows. That's claustrophobic. That's terrifying. Uh, But actually, a pitch black room is perfect for sleep because you do go into a deeper slumber in a dark room. So I became obsessed with that. Uh, Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones, um, I'm told, has it as a condition of... like a, his rider, that if he's staying in a hotel, when he's on tour, he's staying in a hotel, the rooms have got to be pitch black, 
got to have blackout curtains. And if you're Mick Jagger, then stuff like that happens. Uh, You and I are perhaps not Mick Jagger, and therefore we cannot guarantee that when we're in a certain hotel room, it will have blackout blinds. So what you do instead is you take eye patches. Uh, And I've got these here, which are um, good. You can just go online. There's all different brands of of eye patches. Um, Chop and change. Try the ones that you feel good in. These are cotton. And I'm just going to demonstrate them for you now. But they sit nicely on my face and they more or less block out the light. What's amazing about these eye patches is they make every room pitch black. So you could actually be in a room that didn't even have curtains and you would still get a lovely, great night's sleep. Deep, deep sleep because you've made everything dark. Um, It's very clear and I don't have the science on this, but the body goes into a deeper state of rest in a dark environment. Obviously, it's natural that we're supposed to wake up when it's light. So the problem is, if you're in a room without curtains, you're going to wake up at 6 a.m. And even if you don't wake up, you're not going to be in the deeper sleep because it will disturb that slumber. The eye patches. And the last thing, which I absolutely love, is tape. Now, what am I going to do with this tape? Right. Well, I'm going to tape my mouth shut, which, uh, let's be honest, is an aspiration uh, of many people in relation to me. This 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 is called a 3M Micropore, and it's the kind of tape that's used for the dressing on bandages. So it's it's essentially very light, a bit breathable. It's designed to go on the skin and not be allergenic or, or, or give you a rash or anything like that. It's not sweaty. It's not overly sticky. And and it's uh, it's it's kind of a medical grade tape. It's very cheap. You can get maybe a sort of 10 pack from Amazon for three quid. And this comes from a very good book called Breath by James Nestor, who's an expert on breathing. Now, the big thing is that we are supposed to breathe through our nose, not our mouth. Our mouth is a very shallow way of of breathing. So you get less oxygen in your blood breathing through your mouth and you get just generally less air altogether. So your lungs fill with more air and more oxygen if you breathe through the nose. So let's say you're working or just relaxing, watching a movie. Um, Try as an experiment, just keeping your mouth closed and breathing through your nose. And you will find that you feel better, more energy, healthier. Uh, The book is excellent. It explains in detail why breathing through your nose is better. And he recommends, therefore, that to guarantee breathing through your nose at night, that you tape your mouth shut. Now, you can buy all sorts of fancy special tapes which are for mouth taping. You don't need it. You just have this basic medical adhesive tape. And I like to go vertical. So what you'll do is I've taken a strip there. If you're listening, I'll explain that I've got a strip of maybe five or six centimetres of tape. And it just goes above the lip and below the lip across. So horizontal, vertical, (laughs) horizontal. This is why I'm not good at maths. Uh, Vertical from your upper lip to your lower lip. So what you do is you close your mouth and then seal. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So basically, I can't open my mouth, which means I'm forced to breathe through my nose. Try mouth taping for a night. You'll never look back. At first, it's a strange feeling. But once you fall asleep, just think about the amount of oxygen that you've guaranteed yourself there. Now, let me say I'm not a doctor. So consult your GP about this. Um, Also, I don't want you to choke to death or asphyxiate or anything like that. 
And therefore, there are hazards with this. Do not let children or young people do this. But as a grown adult, if you take responsibility, uh, I can only tell you from experience that I have found that only taping my mouth shut, you've got to keep your nose free because you must breathe or you will die. Uh, but um, it's a it's a lovely thing. And the reason why I recommend the vertical is that actually, if you had to, you can still breathe through the sides of your mouth. I would not recommend you tape across because then in an emergency, you can't breathe through the side of your mouth. Um, it's amazing. Right. Before we go, we will sign off with a um, couple of quick, uh, well, a product of the week, which I really like. And this is a Method Daily Kitchen non-toxic surface cleaner, uh, cuts grease and grime. Um, very nice product. Well done, Method. It's all plant-based. Did you know that the worst pollution is in your own home? And it's because of the sofa and that awful carcinogenic foam that's in the sofa, house dust and cleaning fluids with which you clean your home and you breathe all of that stuff in. So there's an awful lot of pollutants in the air at home. So I'd recommend trying to um, look for, if, if you're not in the UK, look for an equivalent brand of non-toxic cleaners for, for the home. And then here's a, a really simple hack, which is you only need one, okay? Because you've got these different products. You've got like wood cleaner, and then you've got glass cleaner, and then you've got floor cleaner, and you've got bathroom cleaner. This is just marketing. This is nonsense, right? Let me tell you, you just buy a glass cleaner. And the reason why you buy a glass cleaner, because that's going to work on the glass. And glass cleaner is good because basically it's, it will not, there will not be, no, it won't be dull. It won't be cloudy. There will be no streaks, so I love glass cleaner. It works on mirrors and glass. But here's the thing. Glass cleaner, it works on the kitchen table. It works on the wooden floors. It works on the hob. It works on the toilet, the bathrooms. Just one product. Keep it simple. Just buy a, a healthy, natural, plant-based glass cleaner. One product, one device works in every room. You are welcome. I know you're worried about the wood floors. Don't be. If it is a plant-based thing, it will be natural and it will essentially have plant acids, which will be very mild and will just clean everything off. And uh, by the way, you can get sort of quite cloudy wooden floors as well when you use some of these products. Um, you don't want water on wood floors. So I use glass cleaner on every surface in the home. Absolute game changer. Last but not least, it's time for some inspiration for you. And it's a very simple one. Dale Carnegie, one of the founding fathers of self-help. I'd recommend all of his books, including How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, How to Win Friends, How to Win Friends and... What is it? I've forgotten. How to Win Friends and... How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Absolute classic. So um, there's lots in, in those books, especially the one about worrying, how to stop worrying and start living. And there's one great chapter and it says live in daytight compartments. And what he means is <clears throat> that you sort out today and that you nail today. You don't worry about tomorrow because that's out of your hands and anything could happen then. You may not be here tomorrow. And there's no point sorting out yesterday because that's gone. That is now out of reach. And therefore, live your life in day tight compartments. You wake up in the morning, just nail today. 
right? Forget about tomorrow. Forget about bloody next year and your retirement. And what if I'm 80? What will I do then? No, just sort out today. What have you got to do today? You need to post a letter. You need to send the boss an email. You need to get started on a company report. Uh, You need to go jogging. You need to have good nutrition. You need this. You need that. Um, Just do those things today and forget about tomorrow. Forget about yesterday. Win today. There you go. That is my two word manifesto. Uh, Try that today. Try it tomorrow. When you wake up tomorrow, maybe sort of in preparation, think about it today and think that tomorrow I'm just going to win tomorrow. And, And then you wake up and you go, right, that's it. I'm just in this bubble. I will only live in daytight compartments. I will be day centric. Well, I just think about 8 a.m. to midnight on this day and do all of the things on that day really well. Don't give a second thought to tomorrow, next week and next month. There you go. That is my inspirational message of the day. Uh, Look, if you're enjoying the show, please review us and please subscribe. Tell your friends and let's change the world together. I look forward to seeing you and chatting to you soon.